the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. I don't know if there's going to be much explosions on tonight's Andrea K. show because I'm sure you can tell by the sound of my voice. I'm a little under the weather. It's why I didn't do a Facebook Live broadcast because I'm feeling and looking like 10 miles of bad road. But you know what? I'm intent on bringing it anyway. Thank you all for joining me tonight. Coming at you from the AM 1170 studios in San Diego. Joining me. Not my, my buddy DJ Carrot Sticks. He decided to take the week off. That's okay because I got with me sharing the hour working the boards and keeping the keeping the wheels turning here on the Andrea K show. I got Joe DePro with me. Uh, you fellas have nothing to worry about. I'm a professional. <laughs> I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> he is a big deal. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it, Joe. So glad to be helping you out, Andrea. Right. You know, someone's got to step up when carrot sticks takes away. That's right. You know what? Let's show him that we don't even need him. Although we do miss you, Carrot Sticks. All right, got a lot of ground to cover. Got some great guests coming up on the show to help me with that. Brian Crabtree is going to be here out of the ATL. Going to talk about everything that's happening in D.C. And then up later in the show, got some California happenings because you know what? So goes California. So the big news of the morning was that repeal, actually it broke last night that um, the Senate House bill is dead in terms of replacement for Obamacare. And President Trump immediately tweeted out that it is time to just go full repeal. Thank goodness. Because you know what? That's what the American people voted for back when they gave the House to the Republicans in 2010. And then the Republicans said, well, you know what? We got to have... We got to have more than just the House. That's not enough. So then in steps Mitt Romney, the architect of Obamacare. And of course, he couldn't articulate to the people anything better. So he lost. So then the Republicans said, hey, you know what? We need the Senate. That's what we need. If we just got the Senate, we could get this done. And then sure enough, uh, they got nothing done. And then they're like, well, you got to give us the White House. Excuse, excuse, excuse. With the failure of this Senate bill and the House bill, what they did was expose the Republican Party for who they really are. The Republican Party is just as much a big spending, big government, power-based party as the Democrats. For the most part, there are some some actual conservatives within the Republican Party. But the failure to pass this bill and the failure to repeal Obamacare in the first place, which is what they should have done, just really shows the Republican Party for who they are. I was really disturbed last night when I heard uh, the Price, Secretary Price, head of Homeland not Homeland Security, Department of Health and and Human Services, who was brought in. We almost lost his seat, a much-needed seat down in Georgia, because this guy was going to come in, and he was going to do right by us with Obamacare. He couldn't even articulate last night 
why single payer was bad. He was asked about single payer. It was like, well, it depends on how single payer would work. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I've heard Georgians argue more voraciously over the pronunciation of pecan than this man did over why single payer is a bad idea. Every Republican, if they truly cared about doing the right thing for the American people with health care, they would have been in front of the microphones now saying, you see that Charlie Gard baby in, in Europe? And in England, that's going to be all of us if we don't get the government out of health care. We now have a chance to do that and do what is right for the American people. Here's some simple things that they could do. Well, Obamacare was a decaying building built upon a, a Marxist foundation of forced income redistribution, forcing the American people to buy product that they didn't want or need. It had subsidies for insurance companies, and both the House bill and the Senate bill still had this. No wonder premiums were skyrocketed because you got insurance companies being underwritten by the federal taxpayer. That wasn't going away. Insurance companies were forced to provide products that they couldn't even afford at times. So who was paying for that? The American taxpayer. You had Medicaid. This bill was only going to slow the growth of Medicaid. It wasn't going to stop it. Dr. Orient, who's been on the show many times, uh, who's the director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, she's been arguing to get the government out of health care. The government is the problem. How do we know this? The VA. We already have single payer in this country. It's the VA. That's why John McCain didn't go to the VA when he had his surgery this week, right? No, he went to the Mayo Clinic in Arizona. And just last week, Congress voted to exempt themselves from anything that they passed. In Nevada... Medicaid paid managed care, this is according to Dr. Orient, Medicaid paid managed care companies as much as $213 million for more than 30,000 people who never received any care at all. So the Republicans tell us, oh, well, well we're making this more about choice. We're going to give Medicaid block grants back to, back to the states. We're going we're gonna to give the states more control. How does that help the, the American taxpayer? Because you know those Medicaid block grants being paid for by federal taxpayers' dollars? The government has no money. Every dollar it spends comes from hardworking Americans. Enter Ted Cruz, the only sane person so far from the Republican Party with us, him and Rand Paul. He comes in, he says, I got an idea. Why don't we allow private enterprise to sell policies that Americans want? When we actually have Republican Congress people using words like asking the government to allow private enterprise to do something, we got a problem, folks. Because this is country was founded on free markets, freedom, not centralized government control over our health care. Here's some simple things. I'm going to take a break in a minute, and then we're going to bring Brian Crabtree in, and I want to get his thoughts on his. Here's some simple ideas that I have now that, now that we're going to do repeal. And by the way, every Republican should be voting for repeal. Susan Collins, at least she's honest. She never voted for repeal in 2015, but six or seven times, both the House and the Senate actually passed repeal. Most of them, weasel, rhino, liars, phonies like Rob Portman, voted for repeal in 2015 and now saying they won't vote for repeal. So again, this is exposed who these people are. But if we get repeal passed, which we should, here's a few things that they can do. Open up the markets. Why am I having to go through these ideas? Because I've even got so-called conservative Republicans on my Facebook wall fearful now of not having the government involved. That's how much inroads the Democrat Party has done in changing the culture of America to where Republicans now are actually arguing for government control. Open up free markets across state lines. Have coverage options just like my auto insurance in my home. If my auto, if I'm only required to cover auto insurance if I damage somebody else's car, if I don't cover enough to, to cover my car, if it gets totaled and I got to take the bus, that's on me. 
No more mandates. The government has no business mandating anything of any individual or any business, period. Cost savings for those who take care of themselves, just like my auto insurance. Why should I have to cover somebody else? These pre-existing conditions do like with auto insurance. Put them in high-risk pools. Have them share the cost. Why should I have to share the cost for pre-existing conditions, many of which are self-inflicted? You smoke, you drink, you do drugs. That's your problem to pay for, not mine. Tort reform. Too much litigious crap going on that raises the cost of medical care. And by the way, medical care is never should be considered a right in this country. I, I need food to exist, but I don't get to walk into Vons and grab some steaks and walk out without paying. If you're over 18, you're an adult. If you can enlist in the service and die for your country at 18, you can get your own health care. What we need to do is have coverage options available for young people who only want to buy for catastrophic coverage. Stop this crap. Any Republican pushing that, including President Trump, I disagreed with him here. All that was about was about infantilizing adult Americans and indoctrinating them furthermore into the entitlement mindset. And remove any language at all from any health care bill going forward that gives any government official any choice for any American over any care that they get, anything that happens with them. Don't be, don't be collecting data on us. It has to do with anything in our homes for the purpose of any government official ever making any health care choice for us. That's what I think needs to happen with Obamacare. I'm curious what you think. Follow me on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts on Facebook. My website is andreakshow.com. I would love your comments there. I'm going to take a break and see if Brian Crabtree agrees with me on the other side. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, Give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Thank you for bearing with me as I'm struggling to keep my voice. Joining me now from Georgia. Hope he didn't take offense to any comment I made about Georgians earlier in the show. Hopefully he didn't even hear that. Brian Crabtree, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. I'll have to listen to the tape on that. Uh, yeah. Well, and you, actually, and by the way, by the way, Andrea, you need to be careful. I was listening to your last segment. You keep spewing out all that logic and reason. You're going to get branded as being part of the alt right, and uh, that would be bad for your career. Oh, probably. Uh, you know, I've been called worse. But no, at the at the, <laughs> <laughs> at the top of the show, I was talking about how I, I was really disappointed. I feel like this whole thing with health care, and I want your opinion on this. It, it really exposes the truth about the Republican Party. Uh, the majority of the Republicans are just as much big spending, big government, 
um, you know, as as the left. And an example of that to me was Secretary Price last night on Tucker Carlson, who gave the weakest response ever when asked about single payer and whether or not he would ever support that. And I made a joke that I've heard more I've heard more Georgians argue more forcefully about the pronunciation of pecan than he did last night in denouncing single payer. I mean, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, my best takeaway in the last 24 hours, uh, and it's developing, is that the Republicans are puzzling me. You voted to repeal Obamacare 60 times between the House and the Senate leading up to the Trump presidency when you knew you would you would meet an Obama veto. So you you were voting knowing that what you were voting for would never see the light of day in terms of being put into reality. And so then you're now in a position of power that's unprecedented for Republican politics, and you're hemming and hawing about whether or not to just outright repeal it. That's the real issue with the health care bill that, that failed, is there's many that just think it ought to be repealed. So now you're going to question whether you're going to vote for it. There's only one way to describe why that might be, because you ultimately just want this issue as a political football to stand on the stump in front of your constituents back in your state to keep winning an election. It's the only thing you've got. The only thing you've got, Republicans, is to say, we are going to repeal Obamacare. Well, come up with something else and actually do it. Yeah, you know, uh, it's about results. That's what people are looking for. That's and, and the lack of results from the Republican Party is why an outsider won the, won the primary and then won the nomination and then won the election in the general election because the results from both parties was um, – you know, President Obama ran beautifully and, and used beautiful rhetoric in 2008 when he talked about, you know, hope and change and this and that. And the results never matched the rhetoric. And the, the results, the American people were going to do a um, – what's the old term that Survivor used to use? An alliance. You know, so the American people are like, okay, we want to bring this outsider in and have him do an alliance with the Republican Party because, you know, at least they've been making some promises that we like. And maybe we'll give them another chance – by giving them full power now. And now they're, they're really out of excuses, is my point. And, well, you they, know, it, it, and I would add to this. I think at this point it's time to start, you know, give, give them a few days to determine whether they're going to actually repeal Obamacare or not. And if I were President Trump, and this, I'll be disappointed in him if he doesn't do something overwhelming and meaningful. It doesn't have to be this. But, for example, go back and find campaign speeches of every single senator and, and then congressman when it becomes appropriate. But, but right now, every single senator that has said they will repeal Obamacare and put their exact quote on Twitter, put yes. the video or the audio on Twitter, and then put one an hour, every hour, nonstop wheel, the number of times that that senator and then congressman, uh, once it gets to the House, has voted to repeal Obamacare. And at the end of every one of them, why won't you do it now? Question mark. If he does not do something meaningful to push these Republicans into a corner and make them repeal Obamacare and get this passed, his presidency will be at the beginning of being called a failure. I don't think it's there yet, but it's, he's got to get this done, and then he's got to get tax reform done by the end of the year. If there's any shot that the next four years or the next three years at this point are going to be anything meaningful to this country, otherwise it will be the biggest disappointment in American history of politics. And Drudge Report's headline today, it'll be the most ineffective, nonproductive Congress in 164 years will have come true, and that will be an American disaster 
of epic proportions. And if they and if they think these Republican Congress people think that they are going to once again fail to deliver on their promises and get reelected, they need to be reminded that that will not happen. They think that they will. And I think that there needs to be I love your idea and I think it should be backed up by average American voters saying you will not get my vote or another dime from me ever going forward. In fact, we will campaign against you. Hard is what we what the well, American know, voter needs to needs to let them know that because I think that that's what they they the the uh, uh, my open of the show was about that I think this exposes the truth about the Republican Party the majority of them are just about big government big spending they don't care about any of their promises they've been lying to the American people on the campaign trail and they're thinking that they're going to lie again they're going to stop Trump with their excuses and then just you know wait it out and then they're they're going to hope that some Democrats going to win or or that he's going to be challenged and they're going to keep their power that's what they're hoping for and they need to be they need to be told that's not going to happen. Yeah, and the thing that's puzzling about this is it shows you just how dumb, and I think dumb is the right word, many of these, many, not all, but many of these Republicans are, is because they see this as a political decision. If they vote to repeal this thing, or if they vote for a bill that makes it better, then they then own it back with their constituents. And they, they're, they're think, I think they're thinking of the 5 to 10 million people that ultimately are already mostly Democrats, uh, in, taking handouts, getting Obamacare with subsidies. That, that they're going to somehow lose that crowd. I got news for you, Republicans. You've already lost that crowd. You never had them. Very few of those people are ever going to vote for you. But here's a number you ought to be paying attention to. Call your senator. Call your congressman on this. Uh, Eight million people in 2015, the same year the Senate voted, uh, with the exception of Susan Collins, the Republicans did to repeal Obamacare. 2015, eight million people making less than $50,000 a year on average, who likely many could have gotten a subsidy, opted to pay the penalty on their taxes instead of being a, a part of Obamacare. That's 8 million people that paid a penalty that likely are Republican voters. If you appeal to them by repealing, you've given them a tax break, and they're in the middle class, some in the, in the lower class. That's who you need to be focused on, not the people with their handout, one, mm-hmm. their 24-year-old college graduate kid paying for granny's bad decisions all their life in the tune of three times the cost of health care, because because Johnny can't afford it yet, he's walking into an Obama economy that we're still trying to fix. We have we are a nation of 300 million people, and the Republican Party has decided to prop up legislation that only helps a tiny percentage, and picks the pockets and rapes the voter, the taxpayer voter, to subsidize insurance companies and and Medicaid expansion. And it, it's it's absolutely shocking and ridiculous that they are not fulfilling their campaign promise. Donald Trump won in an electoral landslide on a few things. Repeal Obamacare, build the wall, tax reform, and stop the refugee program of bringing terrorists in through the back doors. And the Republican Party has done everything they can to stop that from happening. And that is the people's agenda. And they need to be called out for it. And just last week, I found out on the way here, they exempted themselves from anything that they passed. They are now completely exposed and, you know, they need to be called out for it. And they all need to be. And I like your idea. Everybody should be on the phones and tell them you vote for repeal. And then you all get together and you come up with some true constitutional conservative solutions to this, which basically means getting the government out of it. Because we there's a reason why John McCain went to went to the Mayo Clinic instead of the V.A., even though he's a veteran. We all know that we're all going to be hashtag I am Charlie Guard if we continue down this road, because if we continue with government centralized control over our health care, we will end up with single payer. Yeah, and that's ultimately, I think, what some of the Republicans, a small portion of them, and most all of the Democrats want, because they want that power. Being in charge of health care, make no mistake, 
in the arrogance of these legislators, they believe that if they are in charge of health care, they can always use health care, health insurance as a huge political football that has, has big payoffs. And of course, mm-hmm. the arrogance of these people, well, I'm always going to use it better than everybody else. So if I've got this and I'm in Washington, I'm going to be able to go back home to my constituents and say, either look what I've done for you or look what this other guy's going to do if he gets in there. So well, I, I think this uh, this is a this is a big stump issue for them, and they don't want to lose it. Well, Democrats want to keep saying Obamacare is great, and Republicans want to keep saying that we're going to repeal Obamacare. And after that, what do we have left? What do they have to run on? Well, both parties. To, neither side has anything. Right. Well, both parties have, have are, are the parties of not really solving problems because if problems get solved, what are they going to what what are they going to campaign on? Right. So you know, n- neither none of them really want to solve any problems. They could have. That's one reason why they had that big you know. Um, immigration reform bill with the gang of eight and the american people were like stop it with this big overblown legislative crap when you know all you really need to do is seal the border and you're not wanting to seal the border because that would solve the problem no what you really want is you really want to pretend that you're a problem solver when what you really want to do is expand your power and have a reason to justify re-election oh just keep re-electing me maybe maybe we'll get to this and always have any excuse for not solving problems got to switch gears and pick your brain on uh, yesterday news came out that susan rice was not going to that her testimony was going to be delayed now it's back on there's actually the former white house chief of staff who's um you know speaking to committee i guess behind closed doors uh then susan rice and, and jim clapper are going to finally be asked questions about the unmasking we're 10 months in to an investigation that was launched by a democrat president and his investigate investigative bureaus the fbi in an unprecedented surveillance of the of an opposition party presidential candidate and his team on the basis, I guess, I've been asking for a long time what the probable cause was for that for that investigation, for that investigation, which we now realize was disinformation from Ukraine and Christopher Steele and his dossier, and uh, the real crimes that have been committed, leaks. The GOP has failed so far to actually hold anybody to account. Do you think well, that, with think, they, it, yeah. that we're actually going to have – well, my question is, do you think now that we're finally getting some people brought before to answer questions that we're ever going to have any accountability for the real crimes? No, I don't think so, and I think that's why my position on this may not sound as uh, – maybe shocking, as I think we should drop all of this. I, I think we should identify what we think Loretta Lynch did, what we think Bill and Hillary Clinton did, what we think Don Trump Jr. did, what we think Paul Manafort did, and what we think Jared Kushner did. And uh, and uh, General Flynn did uh, and all of this, 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 this awful stuff that we think they did. And we should we should just craft a piece of legislation that says all of that's illegal because right now it's not. OK, so because we're never going to find illegal activity. All we're doing is stirring ourselves crazy. And I think the, the strongest quote I've heard yet was from Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan Chase over mm-hmm. the weekend yeah. where he says it's embarrassing as S.H. to be traveling around the world and identifying myself as an American citizen. We have to stop this stuff. I don't care about Loretta Lynch. I don't care about Bill Clinton. Hillary Clinton's done. She's not. She's a former nothing. Uh, I don't care about what General Flynn did or didn't do. I don't care that Jared Kushner is in or out of the White House with or without a security clearance. I don't think he's a criminal. Donald Trump Jr. seems like a good guy who made kind of a doofus kind of decision in how he didn't report it to the FBI. I don't care. None of it's illegal. People make mistakes. Uh, and, and at this point, we, we have so many issues that directly impact the people. Taxes. Healthcare insurance reform, the cost of medicine in general, getting into that kind of stuff, infrastructure, transportation. I mean, all of these issues that we ought to be just riddling through them 
to repair them that because we had 10 years of nothing between right. the last couple of Bush and eight of Obama. And, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, slap a few sanctions on Russia if you want to make yourself feel better and be done with this garbage. Well, I kind of agree with you there with one exception. I, I do. I think that uh, did Russia try to hack in? I don't really know because the DNC refused to hand over their servers to the U.S. government to investigate. They handpicked some company out of Ukraine. But I think that we should always be operating from the assumption that every foreign government's trying to hack in. And what are we doing to stop it? Because China hacked in to, you know, our systems and got, you know, identity, you know, identity theft of 40,000 former government employees. Um, but President Trump was... It, in part, elected to drain the swamp. Should he not honor that promise? Because that's that's a huge part of what's happening here. Well, yeah, I, that, that's a different story, though. I mean, and we're talking about all these investigations of investigations of investigations. I think yeah. all that's got to end, and it gets yeah. real simple. I think, however, and, and I've been saying this this week, especially and in, in online over the weekend, Trump is not doing enough in terms of draining the swamp. I'm Wondering where Jeff Sessions is. Do we still have an attorney general? Did they bury him under the White House somewhere for a while? Why is he not, uh, you know, getting out there in front of some of the things that, that really affect American citizens more? Or maybe I'm thinking it because of the Russian Trump collusion coverage. Well, what he did was, excuse me, for, excuse me for interrupting, what Jeff Sessions did come out and do was, was he announced some big um, result of an investigation that was done in terms of Medicare fraud, I think it was, which was, okay, hat tip to that, but that's really not the biggest issues of the day. Yeah, not good. Good for him on that, and I'm not trying to beat him up. I just think there I needs to you. be more of an of aggressive, proactive right. approach at getting to the bottom of the things that I think are important. It's easy to talk about it during the election, but when you get there, get it done. Right. I mean, ultimately, what Trump needs to be doing is firing Obama loyalists and Democrats inside it. When a Republican leaves office and a Democrat comes in, heads roll. Democrats yes. are smart about this. They get rid of all these Republican conservative people in government. And there's a whole thing. I was on a show in, in Chicago the other day with, with a black host who's a conservative. And he said, you know, he says to me, he says, listen, you know, they're having trouble finding people to replace the black Democrats in Congress, uh, not in Congress, but in, in the bureaucracy of the federal government. And they're struggling to find uh, good quality conservative black people because they're afraid of the racism that they're going to face if they fire a black Democrat. I mean, is this it's really? Ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. And so if that's the issue, you, I know plenty of good, smart, intelligent, black conservatives. Get them up there. Ask yeah. people to serve. Get it done. Heads need to roll. Drain the swamp. And the, and the longer he keeps these people in, two things are happening. Uh, number one, the longer he keeps them in there, the more they're going to sabotage the presidency. And secondly, once he starts firing those people, the ones that are still there that haven't been caught yet or identified yet, We'll go quiet and stop being activists within our government on our taxpayer time. This is my biggest disappointment in Trump right now, because I thought this was a guy who was very easily capable of using the words, you're fired. Well, I think part of the problem is, or at least what I hear in that, is that, you know, the... um uh, nominations and, and appointment process in terms of getting his people through the process is ridiculously slow. They're, the Democrats are not, um, it, I, I think, I think something like 7,000 nominees or appointees or something in the first week of Obama's administration were confirmed and, and it's been a fraction. So they're concerned about backfield. You know, you know, we got an outsider who came in with really no infrastructure, no really, no front team to really, you know, make all that happen. But I think after six months, there was plenty of time to, to gear up and get a team going 
to be able to to do that, even if it meant a lot of empty desks. One thing we know about the swamp is that there's there's I mean, for example, there's 17 investigative agencies, intelligence agencies. We don't need 17, so you know, don't worry about leaving an empty chair because you know what? There's probably three or four other hacks all doing the same job and and not doing it well. We didn't really have a chance uh, to really get too much into that. This is supposed to be the Buy American, High American Week coming out of the Trump administration. A lot of people are upset that. Um, Homeland Security Chief John Kelly has announced he's going to print 15,000 new HTB visas for foreign blue-collar workers to come in. A lot of people are upset about that, although that's a far lower number than what was originally going on. What are your thoughts about uh, this whole higher American and buy American um, narrative? Well, I think it's a good initiative, and I think it's great to say that. You actually have to do things meaningful uh, on that particular front. We haven't really heard those words out of an American president meaningfully and consistently since Reagan. So, yeah, I think if the, if the government sets an example by also hiring American and buying American when it buys and, and, and procures services and products, that's a good thing. I, I think it also has to find a way to create incentives, which gets into legislation and tax reform for companies who do the same. I would add, uh, and this is something that gets me in trouble, uh, and, and it's not by being an elitist in this. I just happen to be well-studied and, and almost certified in, in immigration uh, on H-1 and H, uh, you know, and and. H, H, H-1B visas, especially in, H, in the two visas that you just talked about, uh, those are somewhat necessary because w- when you look at what's happening in our country right now, we have a huge skills gap. And this is part of our educational system. The liberal indoctrination centers across our country aren't teaching kids how to sign up for degrees, such as in uh, cybersecurity. There's huge gaps starting salary out of college, 80 grand. They're choosing liberal arts degrees. So when you get to this point and you need to have extra cybersecurity professionals and there's a shortage on the market, you have to turn to the visa and immigration program to find those people from abroad who ultimately want to use their, their skills to get into this country. And so if we need mm-hmm. those workers to forge forward our, fa- our factories, our plants, our investigative, our research teams, and we don't have the skills coming out of American colleges because they're focused on philosophy mm-hmm. instead of what's really in, de- in demand, we have to have that visa, visa program. Nothing wrong with it. But what we cannot have, which has happened in the past, is Disney bringing people in through a subcontractor and then hiring 200 people from India, bringing them in to fire 200 American workers. Well, Disney didn't do it, but yet they did. And so it was through their sub. That's the kind of stuff that has to be put to an end immediately when it's discovered. And as Mm -hmm. long as that's done, that, that program has great integrity. Gotcha. All right. How can people hear you in your show, Brian? Uh, the best way to find me, talk40.com online, talk40.com. All right. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Great to be with you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We got more to talk about. There's some interesting stuff coming up out of Hollywood, believe it or not. No. Oh, yeah. One of the benefits I was going to say about not doing Facebook Live, I wasn't sure my mic was still on, is I get to play some of my favorite bumper music. Girls, what's my weakness, man? Okay, then chilling, chilling, minding my business. You saw I looked around and I couldn't believe this. I swear, I stand, my niece, my witness. The brother had it going over. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. 
Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Thank you so much for playing one of my favorite songs. I didn't get to see this movie, All Eyes on Me, about Tupac. Super big Tupac fan here. Not so much a fan of what's happening in California right now. That's why I had to have my girl Julie Mills Brennan come on the show to talk about uh, real estate and what's happening out here in California. First of all, somebody posted on my Facebook page the other day that uh, Governor Jerry Brown is coming up with some new legislation involving real estate out here that new homes and um, I, I think it's new homes and apartments. I don't remember exactly. They're going to have to have solar panels put on the on the homes. And, you know, whether or not you believe in the technology or the, or the science of it, if you will, I, my initial thought was, oh, my gosh, that's very expensive. How could that might possibly help or hurt the real estate market? So I had to bring my girl Julie on to talk about that. And then now other stuff is breaking in California in the real estate market. Welcome back to the show, Julie. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Okay, so um, so as the story broke that Governor Brown had come up with some recent legislation that was going to affect the real estate market, he, but what had happened was President Trump pulled out of the Paris Accords. Governor Jerry Brown says, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing here in California to, to comply with the Paris Accords and climate change. And one of the things he decided to do was come up with a mandate for solar panels on homes. Now, apartments, but it's kind of vague because the apartment complexes have uh, are going to be required uh, in beginning in 2025 to have solar panels on any new construction. Homes, it was left vague as to when that was going to happen. So we, what do you know about that requirement? Because I've got family in the building in industry here, and somebody's got to pay for that. Solar is very expensive. What are you hearing about this? Uh, you know, I'm just hearing that a lot of uh, – what I'm seeing is a lot of people are just doing it anyway. I mean, I think a lot of people believe in the technology. I know it's not perfect, and it hasn't been perfected yet, but I'm seeing – a. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of them because a lot of the places that I'm selling, I ha- you know, there's a lease and we have to, you know, pay monthly or, you know, I mean, there's just, it's, it's becoming more prevalent. Well, I think it that way, but well, I, I think that I think that I've got some friends of mine that have that have installed it. They they've probably paid about twenty twenty five thousand. They decided to go the purchase route. That's a lot of SDG and E bills that uh, have to, you know cover that cost you know so who knows when that break-even cost is going to be but that was their choice and i think i think that if choosing alternative energy or or alternative energy options should be a choice i'm concerned when it becomes a mandate particularly then when i read an article that came out in the new york times this morning this is how bad the housing crisis is here in california julie as you know because you're an expert in this area it is so bad that it's national news now that we are facing a housing crisis that hasn't been uh, this bad i guess in decades and if not a hundred 
100 years, according to this article. In five years, homes, including in San Diego, have risen 75%. There are people in Northern California and even down here, but especially in Northern California, making $200,000 a year can't afford to buy. And this article in the New York Times talks about people living in vans with makeshift kitchens in um that that in uh, Silicon Valley, there's RVs all over the pay all over the place. Um, it, it's really at a crisis point, and so the government's trying to figure out here what to do across the state. Because in the past, it was like in the coastal areas, like here in San Diego and Del Mar and La Jolla, the real issue in building involved coastal and trying to get through coastal. But he, what's ended up happening is statewide now, all these communities and all these. Um, different city councils have fought any new building because it didn't meet their particular idea of what a a building should look like or whether or not it met their particular environmental thing, you know, concepts. And then, so we haven't had enough building. So what do we do at this point? You know, I mean, unfortunately, there's going to have to be a lot of people that are going to have to move out of state. I have a number of people that I'm working with right now that are just priced out of the market. And honestly, I mean, I can't tell them to move out of state, but, you know, I'm just either that or they're just going to have to be permanent renters. You know, I mean, that's there is rents are up, but, you know, at least you can find a little rental and they're usually a little cheaper depending on, you know, I mean, basically people are going to have to live less than what they need you know i mean if they need a four bedroom they're just going to have to rent a two bedroom i mean it's just it's it's just gotten to be that bad and i have a client right now that can go up to seven hundred thousand he's getting beat out left and right i haven't been able to secure him a place and you know he can afford a great amount of you know a nice nice healthy mortgage well i think it's very very frustrating and it's just it's, it's it's so frustrating as the as the buyer and the realtor. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, I get it. I, and I'm glad that you mentioned that some people might have to move out because I think the mindset of part of the problem in, in terms of it being a crisis and not enough homes, which drives up the prices, is that there's a lot of people that want to live in California because of the lifestyle here is so amazing, even though they can't afford it. And you know what? If you can't afford it, then maybe you need to go someplace more affordable instead of living here and then demanding that somehow government or the fellow taxpayers do something to provide you a home. And there are plenty of no, other and I agree, and it's, it's, I agree. It's, it's sad, though, because, you know, a lot of these people have grown up here. They were born yeah. here, and they want to stay, and it's just, it's, it's completely unaffordable for them. And it's just, I'm thinking, you know, mostly the new, you know, dual, you know, dual income, one kid, and they're just starting out. They you yeah. know, don't make good wages quite yet because they haven't gone up the ladder. But you know what? I mean, if they move out, and maybe they can come back. I mean, I, that's all I can say. I, I, I feel badly, but there's nothing I can do. Well, you know, there isn't. What I think we can do is pay attention to legislation that might be helpful to everybody. I like the fact. I'm critical of, of, of Brown, I, you know, when, when I think it's appropriate. But I think that when he is, is saying we need to ease up on some of the demands that are being placed on developers that are keeping them from being able to build. You and I talked about, I think a while back on the show, there was a development that was, that was in the works in North County. And a lot of people tried to put the brakes on it because they didn't like certain aspects of it. Well, you know what, that, that would have been a great project. I think it was up in the Fallbrook area. It was like 300 homes. You know, I know I've, I've, my husband was hired to build a home on a lot that was purchased in Encinitas overlooking Rancho Santa Fe. And 10 years later, that lot stands empty because of a bird called the Nat catcher. 
That would have provided oh. jobs. That would have provided jobs. It would have put revenue into different businesses around town who sell building materials and, and other things. And that is happening all across the state. And so hat tip to get Governor Brown. They've come up with 130 measures that will basically ease up some of the things that are keeping people from being able to build. And I hope it includes dopey environmental crap like a gnat catcher bird that it prevented a 4,000 square foot home from being built in Encinitas. And by the way, the man who bought that lot, a doctor, is basically stuck with a six-figure piece of land that he can't build on. So, you know, I, I what I want to do oh is... Yeah. And so, you know, I think that one of the things I wanted to ask you about that I don't agree with that they're wanting to do is they're saying part of the problem is this Proposition 13, which was came about in 78 to keep uh, property taxes low. They're saying that that's part of the problem and they want to get rid of that. I disagree. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I completely disagree. I think these people have paid into the system. They've been, you know, they've sat on their property for a long time, and they, if they want to take their their taxes with them, I think that's great. It, it was it was made for empty nesters, uh, you know, that are right. going to go into only very limited income and Social Security. So I, I think that's terrible, honestly. I mean, that's what the, you kind of wait for when you get older. You that benefit. Right, because there's Especially a lot of you paid. Yeah, there's a lot of people like in my neighborhood that are seniors that are retired, and that's how they're able to stay in their homes right now because they're cash, right. you know, they're exactly. cash poor, and and really what they've really got is their home. So you know, I think it's right. a, it's I, a it's a seller's market right now, right, Julie? I mean, unfortunately, how can people get a hold of oh. you because they need to sell maybe and get out? Yeah, if they want, if you want to sell your home at the highest possible price, I'm telling you now is the time. It's crazy. Give me a call at 619-992-7113. I'd be happy to help give you a, a market analysis, whatever you need. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it, Julie. You got it. All right. Have a good day. You too. There's a huge story, speaking of real estate, that's blowing up up in the L.A. area. And remember, so goes California. Two elected officials... Mayor Gil Garcetti and some other local little yokel decided that they were going to impose something called a road diet up in the Venice Beach area where they took three lanes down to two and it is destroying lives. It is destroying businesses and it's all under this phony guise of uh, safety and security when what it really is. And they used an example of a woman who got hit by a car in that area. She was hit by a car at one forty-five in the morning walking drunk. Okay. And that became the excuse for two government inter- officials to decide to impose a major restriction on a major thoroughfare. We're talking about people being stuck in traffic an hour each way. Imagine the disruption to somebody's life when they've got kids and school and work and obligations. Businesses are losing 20 to 25% of their revenue and are about to go under and go bankrupt. And it's all for the purpose of pushing people onto bikes and trying to turn us into Copenhagen is what is going on. And this story out here, I'm, I don't know why it hasn't broken national news because again, so goes California, so goes California and it's kind of crazy what's happening out here. A little bit of something interesting though, that I kind of enjoyed out of Hollywood. Do y'all know who the director was? Of American Psycho. His name is Brett Easton Ellis. And he's, you know, he's, he's calling out his federal, federal fellow libs up in, um, 
L.A. This is a man who says, he's got a podcast, by the way. I may actually tune in to listen to this dude. He was attending a Hollywood dinner, and he tweeted out that he wasn't having political discussions anymore because it was just causing too much insanity. He says he was defending the American voter, and he was yelled at in Sunset Tower for being a, quote, Trump apologist and colluding with Russia. He says, is the left effing nuts, he tweeted Sunday night. And prior to tweeting about that, this is coming from The Hollywood Reporter. Prior to tweeting about his encounter, he shared that he was at, quote, another dinner with the Hollywood liberal establishment defending HRC, fake news, intersectionality, identity politics, PC virtue signaling. Hat tip to you for being honest about what's going on with these crazies. This is a man who says that he actually didn't vote for Trump, but he says that, quote, I'm just saying the hysteria is bothering me a lot more than the reality of what he's doing. You know what? There are actually some honest Hollywood liberals, and I love that. He says, you can dislike the fact that Trump was elected, yes, definitely, and yet still understand and accept ultimately that he was elected this time around. Or you can have a complete mental and emotional collapse and let the Trump presidency define you, which I think is absurd. Well said, Mr. Brett Easton Ellis. You know what? I might actually call and invite him on the show. This is this is a man out of Hollywood. He also went on to say he was surprised recently at a dinner when he found out that he was surrounded by a lot of Trump supporters. You know, the left has done a really good job in the last eight years, the Obama administration did, in terms of silencing people and denying them their free speech rights. It's really scary and to, be in a, to be at this place right now to where you can't even be honest that you're a Trump supporter without being attacked or you can't even defend him without being... Basically, it, that's that's fascism, you Antifa people. This is fascism right there. Man can't even try to have an honest conversation without being attacked, and he didn't even vote for Trump. Uh, another uh, disturbing story, though, out of Hollywood is about R. Kelly. You know, these the liberals and the left love to talk about being the party of women and caring about women, you know, I guess unless, you know, it's a black celebrity singer. R. Kelly was um, – prosecuted years past for child pornography he was he was caught on video having sex with underage girls and he then showed that tape around to other people i cannot understand a jury in chicago acquitting him of that now reports buzzfeed is reporting that a number of parents have told the police that r&b singer r kelly has been holding their daughters against their will in their homes in chicago and atlanta and three former members of his inner circle have confirmed that uh, supporting the parents worst fears this article goes on to say that these he controls every aspect of their lives dictating what they eat how they dress when they bathe when they sleep how they engage in sexual encounters that he records and then shows to others. Where is the party that supposedly cares about women? These, these, this was the party going into this election that was hysterical over comments that Trump made to Billy Bush. Meanwhile, I haven't heard a peep out of anybody from Hollywood about what R. Kelly continues to do to women. Not even any calls for any investigation into this. Not a word. So all you Hollywood liberals who want to, you know, hang out with Linda Sarsour and wear your little pink hats, you're liars, you're hypocrites, you're phonies. That's all you are. And speaking of the liberal left who doesn't care about women, there was a woman, an Aussie, who made a 911 call to report a sexual assault behind her home, who, when she walked up to a police car to report the incident, wearing her pajamas and and carrying a phone... While she's speaking to the officer behind the wheel, the passenger of, in the police car, the partner, reaches over and shoots the woman dead. She was supposed to be married a month from now, and her fiancé, who's heartbroken, 
says that it was a homicide, and he condemns the silence of the police department. Now, y'all know I'm a supporter of our law enforcement officers, but I'm also a supporter of every industry having bad guys in it. And this was a Somali man whose the details of him have yet to be, Mohammed Noor have yet to be disclosed because the police have gone silent. And this is starting to stink of the same situation that happened when a five-year-old girl was gang raped by refugees and the local communities threatened anybody who spoke out about it and refused to release details even to the family members of what happened to that little girl to protect the refugees and the refugee program. There's a lot left to be told about this story, and I hope that the American people learn about it because we are supposed to know what happens with our law enforcement. And again, where is the left? This woman was shot down in cold blood by a Somali police officer and not a word. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to wrap up the show. Got more to share with you, including my awards for Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Y'all know that music. Unfortunately, I don't have my gal Della with me on the other side of it, but that's okay. We, I just wrapped up a little Hollywood segment. Where's Hollywood about R. Kelly and what he's doing to women? Absolutely shocking. Speaking of getting back to Cali, though, another stinky story coming out of California is, um, you know, we talked earlier with Julie Mills Brennan about what's going on with the real estate market out here and some of the environmental regulations they're trying to impose as a part of that from solar panels to now this dopey road diet thing that they forced on the citizens uh, of Culver City and Venice under the false guise of safety. When what it really is is trying to push us into, onto bikes through making everybody miserable in traffic. It's actually resulted in more in more traffic collisions. It's more dangerous, not to mention the fact that it's putting businesses... And, uh, under they're going to be- go bankrupt and it's going to destroy property values who wants to buy a home in that area i guess that's one way to bring the cost down of homes do something ridiculous like that to hurt the- to hurt the citizens that's all a part of governor jerry brown and others saying you know what donald trump you didn't go along with the paris accord so we're going to do our own thing here so he has decided to extend cap and trade here uh, for the state of California. And, you know, we are primarily a Democrat-run state, of course, but we do actually have some Republicans involved here. And guess what? Two of them actually got on board with Governor Jerry Brown with his cap-and-trade. 
I can tell you for years after doing business radio shows how many manufacturers have left the state of California taking jobs with them to, to Makiadoras down south of the border and elsewhere, primarily because of environmental regulations making it impossible for them to do business. So any Republican that gets on board with this, shame on you. One included, and, 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 and it's so typical of the Republican Party, former Governor Pete Wilson, his excuse was, well, he says, when you're, unfortunately, you're faced with what you can do to make a bad situation better. Isn't that what the Republicans always do? They kowtow to the left under the false notion that they're going to be able to make it a bad situation better? Yeah, that's, like, that's like providing a heroin addict the, a, a kit to do drugs by saying, well, at least I'm giving them a clean needle. And then even worse is this George, Schul, uh, George um, Schultz dude who actually in a letter to, to Governor Brown says basically that this is what Ronald Reagan would want. Are you kidding me? The great Ronald Reagan is turning over in his grave right now over two things involving the Republican Party. Number one, he warned that the inroads to socialism from the left would be through our healthcare system. And that's exactly what's happening. And the second is you give them the energy sector and basically with energy and our healthcare system, we're done. They've got complete control because that's what it's all about. It's about control over our lives in every aspect. Look at what they're doing with that road situation in Culver City. They're trying to control the citizens in order to push their agenda because liberalism is all about control. So when it comes to getting to my awards this week for Stink of the Week, these guys are my runner-up. These two Republicans who got on board with the left for cap and trade, which is about controlling lives and will destroy businesses and lives in California, they're actually my runner-up to the Stink of the Week because my main Stink of the Week is Shepard Smith for his anti-Trump rants. This is a man who went on a rant about Trump's deceptions and lies. No, the real deception and lies, Shepard Smith, is you pretending that you are a journalist. Be honest. If you want to do an opinion show, fine. Then be honest with what you're doing is opinion and not news because you don't even resemble a journalist. You don't, you're so bad, you don't even resemble Rachel Maddow anymore. Where were you? Where were your rants when Hillary Clinton lied to the Benghazi family? You have had no rants against the left and what they have done to this country or against President Obama. Shame on you. My hero of the week is Sebastian Gorka who called out, who took down Anderson Cooper recently for their fake news. And told CNN, you're so bad as a fake news organization that you're getting your butts kicked by Nick at Night. And old, um, what's that cartoon with the boo-boo the bear? And uh, the Are you talking about Yogi Bear? Yeah, Yogi Bear. You're getting your butts kicked by Yogi Bear. So thank you, Sebastian Gorka. Now what Sebastian Gorka needs to do is take that to Shepard Smith. So Sebastian Gorka gets my hero of the week for his takedown, the smackdown of Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper needed to go have a Cosmo and a cigarette after that interview with Sebastian Gorka. That's how good he was in that. My runner-up to hero of the week is a young boy named Tyler Karach, who's nine, who decided to go on a quest, and I still do love law enforcement, so that's one reason why I'm choosing him as a hero of the week. He has been wearing his signature donut cape and visiting police departments from Florida, New Hampshire. He has delivered more than 9,000 donuts to law enforcement, thanking them for their service. And thank you, Tyler, for being such a sweetheart and for your love of donuts. And thank you, Joe the Pro. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. My absolute... You know, it's 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 the highlight of my day to run the show here. I'm I'm so jealous of Carrot Sticks. He gets to take over the reins every week. But you know, you, you gotta you gotta enjoy it when you can. Oh uh, well, thanks for being here, and thank you all for listening. Love you all. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook. 
Post your comments at andreakshow.com. Have a great night, everybody. My fellow Americans, before I leave, I have two words to say. Do not listen to the Andrea K Show. Obama out. Wait a second. That wasn't two words. That was eight words. Don't listen to him. Listen to the Andrea K Show, Monday and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. right here on AM 1170, The Answer. I am so in love with me. Hey, San Diego. Have you been to any Padres games this year? You might have noticed my name on the outfield scoreboard as the realtor for our team. Hi, I'm Melissa Tucci, the exclusive realtor for the San Diego Padres, and I don't just help the ballplayers. I've helped thousands of San Diegans just like you buy and sell homes. I love this business. I love helping people, and I love to have a conversation with you to explore your real estate goals. Whether you're buying or selling, visit me online at melissatucci.com and shoot me a quick message. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-T-U-C-C-I dot com. Or just call me, 619-787-6852. That's 787-6852. Or again, just visit me at melissatucci.com. Let's start the conversation today. I look forward to the opportunity to get to know you better. And feel free to call, text, or email me. Thank you so much. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com